0: This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I conclude our week-long journey visiting ballparks across two countries. For those of you who are new to the podcast, the last couple of weeks of shows have deviated from our regular broadcasts as we normally have a guest joining us to tell us all about their favorite ball club. To catch up, I recommend you go back and start with our Road to Cooperstown episode and ride with us to Toronto, Detroit, Cleveland, and now Cincinnati. We begin this episode in our seats at the Great American Ballpark, home of the Cincinnati Reds. It was our last chance to see the home team finally win a game on our tour thus far. We still have quite a few ballparks to go this summer, but I was getting a little anxious that we were going to head back to our homes in New York on a losing streak. We are currently in a retreating position as the rain continues to fall here at Great American Ballpark, but Anthony and I, uh, after having some fantastic seats here at this beautiful ballpark, are taking cover to protect ourselves from the falling raindrops. Anthony, thus far, we've gotten eight innings of this game under our belts. No, seven innings. I apologize. We are in the eighth inning. I am all distracted because of the rain. What have you thought of this wonderful city and this wonderful ballpark? talking about the city and the ballpark right now? No, oh, we can do the ballpark. Act. We can do the uh, city later in the
1: car. Um, no, it's, this is really one of one of my favorite National League parks already. Um, just in terms of when, you, when you're sitting in the ballpark, it really feels like this is in 100% about baseball. Um, I mean, there's a couple little gimmicky things, but it really feels sort of there's like a purity to the feeling. And I think the red seats are quite lovely in the daytime and the nighttime. They look great in both because we with the game started with the sun not having fully set so we got to see it you know with in, under both conditions the one thing there's a couple little things but i would i wish that you could see the river more completely from like the way the PNC situates itself relative to the river that that is there for in Pittsburgh and the way that you can really see the skyline you don't really get that full you don't get to experience the 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 how this is situated relative to everything else in Cincinnati, the way that some of the other parks do, but for a pure baseball park, it's really lovely.
0: Absolutely, you know, I think that that is a a uh, product right there of where we are also sitting. We're sitting pretty close to the field, about. Uh, a row back from the visitor's dugout. And if you, are, if you do sit a little bit higher in the club seats, then you do get a great view of the river. But Anthony is right. I think that, and maybe if the right field bleachers, they could take out maybe uh, you know a row or two at the top, you'd be able to get a great view of the riverfront and the, and the boats that, that uh, float by and the bridges. This really is a beautiful part of the town. You know, Cincinnati's got a lot of great uh, uh, gimmicks here inside this ballpark and a lot of great... You know, we'll talk about that more when we're in the car. It just gets a little bit cold and rainy here. But uh, the Hall of Fame, we spent some time in their Hall of Fame before the game, which is a standalone Hall of Fame, which is unique for ballparks across the country. But we'll explain why, once again, later on. We've got a little bit more time to chat. Anthony, one thing that I don't think uh, uh, has been up to either one of our standards, unfortunately has been the food choices here at Great American Ballpark. So you maybe speak a little bit about how it was a little bit difficult for you to find something healthy and vegetarian to eat here at Great American?
1: Well, they had like a plastic cup full of sort of wilted, sad, dried out vegetables. That's kind of sad. You know, sad salad, a little bit of like weird looking hummus that doesn't look like it's particularly fresh. You know, I mean, I, I do appreciate that they're trying to make a little bit of an effort, but they could do much better relative to the other parks I've been in. And there's, you know, Skyline Chili is really famous. Apparently there's Skyline Chili locations that do have vegetarian chili, but this location in the ballpark does not.
0: Yeah, so unfortunately that is one thing that Cincinnati might be able to help out their vegetarian uh, uh, fans. But so with that, I think we're going to hopefully enjoy I like the, I mean, the concourse itself is pretty nice. Although
1: there's a big chunk of the concourse that you're really cut off from the field. Uh,
0: well, I think especially, especially after being a progressive in, in a progressive field in Cleveland and seeing how open that entire concourse is, and no matter where you are, you can see the field, you can be pretty cut off and, and kind of behind a giant concrete wall and not really be able to see any of the action on the field.
1: But, I mean, you know, to be fair, Wrigley and Fenway, you can't see the action in the field unless you're in the
0: runways to the field. So Sure, but those parks were built 100 years yeah, ago yeah. before things like this were really of a concern. So,
1: but that would be a thing that, you know, but and, and so there's
0: this chunk of it that feels like you're in just sort of any random shopping mall or something. Uh, well, I think actually earlier you put it perfectly. You said walking down the concourse almost felt like you were on a cruise. Yeah, but only in this part. And then and then it sort of opens up again. And you can see the parking, and that's nice. Yes. All overall, this is actually one of the better ballparks uh, in the country in the AL or the NL. It's really beautiful. Uh, the the, the All Star Game will be here in 2015. I think we're all very 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 excited to see what the city of cincinnati will do with that because the baseball tradition here in this city is quite fantastic um, but with that i think uh, unless there's anything else you'd like to say anthony we're going to get well, back
1: we're we're here also on uh, bark in the park <laughs> Yeah. so the people there's a whole section of the of the stadium that's reserved for people who came here with their dogs
0: yeah so there are a lot of dogs who during the national anthem were letting their voices be heard and barking towards the heavens so, uh, with that, though, we'll, we'll talk to you guys when we're in the car and we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, great American ballpark. But for now, you know, it's a tie ball game and we're hoping that we can end our first Midwest road trip with a home victory. So, uh, let's go, Reds. We'll see you in the car. The rain led up in time for the Reds to walk off a winner. It was the perfect ending to our first long road trip of the summer. Back in the car, Anthony and I gave our final thoughts on the city of Cincinnati and the home of the Reds. We also touched on the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center, which we forgot the name of during the recording of this episode, so I wanted to mention it here. It is a fantastic museum in Cincinnati, and Anthony and I both highly recommend you stop by the next time you visit the Great American Ballpark. Hello, everybody. We are currently making our way down 78 East as we head back to New York City after finishing up our first Midwest stadium tour of the summer. You couldn't
1: sound more excited,
0: could you? (laughs) It's been a very long week, and uh, I'm a little bit sleepy. Sleepy? A Little bit. It's 6.55 in the evening. This is true. But the last time, are you like 84 years old all of a sudden? No, but see, the last time that I did a tour like this, I did it primarily by myself, and I did not have a grown child sitting next to me making noises and and uh, just all around getting me all riled up, and and uh, every Get,
1: getting you riled up.
0: Yes, by by needling me and poking me about some certain maybe Detroit Tigers information or just baseball information in general. We had a very. Uh, to use your word, feisty, just because I want to use it first, discussion about uh, the role of the designated hitter in the National League and how I strongly believe, while I don't want the designated hitter to come to the, to the NL, it's a pretty much a foregone conclusion with interleague play happening every day. And you got me all riled up about that. So yes, I do believe you have riled me up, sir.
1: No designated hitter in the National League.
0: No. And for the 50 millionth time, I agree with you. However, logic and reality steps in and says, if interleague is going to happen every day, it is inevitable that the American League, owners, GMs, managers, etc., will not be happy playing at such a disadvantage throughout the season, having their pitchers needing to randomly take BP when the NL pitchers get to do it every single day of the season. So what I'm saying is, I really don't want the DH in the NL. But you were the one who's a proponent of interleague play. I'm not a proponent of interleague play. I would like to go back to no interleague play. But if it's there, DH
1: is a coming. Well, I want to clarify, to be a proponent of something would mean that I would campaign for it and fight for it. That's not anything I've ever said. I also said, I've enjoyed it. So that's a slightly different thing is all I'm saying.
0: Okay, fair enough. You enjoy interleague play.
1: I would. If, if it would be the difference maker and no DH, yes. then I would say, yeah, get the f- out with the interleague play.
0: All right, no, actually, I like hearing that then. See, it's I guess true. we just, okay. Well, I, wait, well you did not make that statement before.
1: Well, I mean, I didn't, yeah, because we, we were still, we were like agreeing about it, so it didn't, but since you have used a stronger term than I would ever use to describe my support or interest in interleague play as being a proponent of it, then no, if it comes down to that, if that is the sole reason, then yes, of course I would much rather preserve the distinction between the two leagues because I feel like it's one of the things that, I, I mean, there's so many things that separate baseball from the other sports but yeah. that is one of the best things that yes. separates the ba- that separates baseball from the other sports is the fact that both leagues are different in yeah. how they play the game, and I love the National League game, and yes, of course, I'm sure it's because I grew up a Cubs fan, so therefore I'm much more familiar with it, but I just think it's fundamentally way more interesting to have to have the pitcher spot be relevant in the game and it makes all sorts of maneuvering that much more interesting and makes the bench that much more interesting and makes the use of the bullpen that much more interesting so uh, that's why I like it.
0: No, look, and I agree with you. I mean, I am in many ways a traditionalist when it comes to baseball. But that being said, I did grow up an American League fan. And it's always, you know, uh, funny to me when we do go play, when, when the American League goes into the National League parks and plays without a DH. And how so where you see great strategy and great double switches or whatever it may come in a National League ballpark, as an American League fan, I see an easy out in the eighth or ninth hole in the lineup where if there's gonna be a guy on so in the American League, if there's a guy on second and he's uh, and, and the eighth hitter is coming up, I'm still a little bit nervous, I'm still a little bit worried that all right, this could turn into a big inning. But anytime the Tigers are playing in the NL and the seven hitter gets on second, I'm pretty much prepared for this inning to be over. I know that she's going to go ahead and walk the eighth eighth batter and there's a pretty good chance that that pitcher is not going to be able to get hit Aha!
1: But sometimes the pitcher does, they ambush you. Sometimes
0: they do, sure, but once again, that, that is accurate, but more often than not, they leave those bases juiced or full of base runners and so that is something where the AL maybe has a little bit over the NL, but that being said, once again, Over? I well, not so over. much over, not so much over, but it is well, yeah, actually, you it is. You guys are in the same position, and you, when you guys come to the play. it's the same thing. How do you mean? When you, no, 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 I, no, I'm saying when we're playing the National League ball. I know, but when, when, you, when, oh you yeah, are. when we're playing in the National League, of course. Yeah. But that's whatever. We're, we're once again arguing the same point, yeah. but agreeing with each other. Sure. The bottom line is, I don't like interleague play. I would much prefer... I actually do like the DH in one league and not the other league. I mean, at this point, it is one of those things that, and Anthony and I have discussed this before, it does make baseball different. And, you know, it it does make... To me, the American League and the National League are two separate sports, almost. Like, they're both playing baseball, but the mentality of an AL manager versus an NL manager or an AL pitcher versus an NL pitcher or an AL slugger versus an NL slugger is so very different. A guy like Joey Votto in the American League would be batting, you know, maybe lead off, maybe even at the bottom of the lineup because he's such an on-base guy. He seems to sacrifice his power, his potential power for on-base, which I love. I absolutely adore Joey Votto, and that seems to work well for him with the Cincinnati Reds. But I'm not sure if that would be really something that an American League fan base would really uh, appreciate as much which i really like i like the fact that i can watch two completely separate types of games in the same overall league now
1: i do think that the royals kind of play a national league kind of game they kind of do yeah especially with the but, speed know, ned yost was a national league manager for sure
0: one well, also so. and a lot of their ball players are guys that are you know he, he and, and just to kind of prove my point I know a lot of Royals fans who were on Yost all year last year, and even sometimes this year, of he bunts too much, he you know gives away too many outs. It's it's He's not playing a quote-unquote American League game. Now, last year, that ended up working out for him. This year, we'll see how it does. It's working out for him so far, and I think he's most likely to continue to get some success, but it's almost in spite of Ned Yost. Yeah, that sounds to me like, that's not me, by the way. Oh, I swear to God, no, no, this is not me, by the way. This is not me saying in spite of Ned Yost. Once again, this is from me reading a lot of Kansas City Royals materials. The in spite of Ned Yost has nothing in, to what do you with reading
1: Kansas City Royals girls? Materi- materials.
0: Materials okay. on the interwebs, uh, basically just checking out different blogs, different fan sites of the Royals, and that seemed to be a very popular sentiment within that fan base. Yeah, no, in in uh, that's not the Tigers talking. That's that's. Okay. From their mouths Yeah. Okay. But we, we digress We need to, we've only really spoken Four or five minutes about the great city Of Cincinnati And uh, we, we Ended up finally Finally, we ended our trip With our first home victory It was our first walk off Of the tour It was a The Reds snapped a nine game losing streak They needed it badly It was a really, really fun game, but Anthony, as this was your first time at Great American, we touched on it a little bit while we were at the ballpark, but now that you've had about, uh, I don't know, about 15, 16 hours, actually almost 24 hours now, now that I look at it, 24 hours to digest your experience at the ballpark, what did you think about Great American and the Hall of Fame Actually, I want to tie those both in together, because I feel like that's the whole experience of going to a ball game in Cincinnati.
1: Well, because it was so long ago now, 24 hours or so that I last talked about it, I'm, I'm fearing I'm at risk of repeating myself. So I don't even remember what the hell I said yesterday. That's okay. Um, but I think that it's it's one of the best NL ballparks that I've been in. Um, it's up there. You know, it's, it's not as good as PNC for me, but... Um, you know, when, when I ever say NL ballparks, I mean the newer generation because Wrigley is its own animal, as it always forever will be, be being the old. It's a Dodger
0: Stadium, I think. Yeah,
1: I don't like Dodger Stadium. Well, unless.
0: no, but as far as just being an older animal, I'm saying it's not really comparable to the newer ballparks because yeah. that was built in 62,
1: I believe. Yeah, I mean, in terms of beauty purity of a ballpark, I agree that Wrigley, you know, will never have the amenities, the modern concourse, etc., that so many of these, you know, the the nice modern ballparks have, but in terms of when you're sitting in the seats and you're feeling like you're a part of pure baseball experience in the city in which it takes place, where you get to really feel the place where where the game is is happening, you know, Wrigley is to me, hands down, the, the most beautiful of for that kind of experience um, for, of the other NL ballparks I've been in so far I would say PNC is probably number two and I would say probably Great American is number three really
0: um, well we've got, we got quite a few more to go but that is that I've is... been
1: in the other ones people like I've been to uh, AT&T in San Francisco I like that park but I, you know, I don't love it, it there's certain things
0: about it that I you know I just don't. It's a little theme parkish and. Well, so what specifically at Cincinnati, in Cincinnati, why why is it? Because in PNC you can really put your finger on the fact that it is the view, it is the the intimacy of that ballpark, it is the there are specifics of PNC that make it such a fantastic destination for baseball, but for Cincinnati. Especially, so as this was your first time there, there was a, a huge downpour in the afternoon. And as we entered the stadium, it was raining pretty hard, almost up until maybe about 6, 15, 6.30 when they took the tarp off. And even then, throughout the game, there was a light drizzle, which got a little bit later. So we didn't really even get to see it under either clear blue skies or under the, the beautiful night sky. It was a bit of a, the weather maybe uh, affected the true beauty of the ballpark. But yet you still exactly. Yet you still really, really loved it. So, is there something specific about the park that that really stood out to you as, okay, this is this is this is why this is the number three NL bar, bar, ballpark to me at this point. Because
1: it feels like the the whole the way that the seats are situated around the field, it feels like it's kind of like it's really intimate and close. Every sort of encircles the field in a really nice way that also feels, it, the 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 way the seats are. You know the i don't know the way they're angled or whatever it is it just feels it, it's reminiscent of old older design but it still feels you know it's very nicely put together so it feels sure. comfortable and modern in the in a nice way but it doesn't feel like the thing about progressive that was weird was it felt like so concretey and you know the field that the baseball the grass and the dirt was nice and in, in, in progressive feel but I don't know, I felt like I was enclosed in this big kind of concrete monstrosity in some ways.
0: Yeah, and I think, I you know, when we discussed that with some of our seatmates there and, and uh, what is that, right field I believe it is, and in, in the right field bleachers they have essentially covered at Progressive Field, I'm talking about now, they have covered their uh, several seats there with just like these big block, I don't know if they're canvas, I don't know exactly what they are, but there's something that is, that is encasing all of their seats just because they weren't selling out those seats, and they are not covered with numbers and, and names of, of uh, retired and legendary Indians fans, or Indians players, I should say. But the problem is that it does make it seem like it is, like this enclosed... It, it makes it feel like a football stadium when it's not. I don't know how really else to describe it. It just makes it feel like there are concrete walls, even though they're just covers, and I believe they're removable up in the in the bleachers there. And so I do agree with Anthony that that it does make it just feel a little bit not as welcoming, not as intimate, not as uh, baseball, really, is, is the best way that I can put it.
1: And I like Citizens Bank in Philly, but, um, you know, it's not it, – there's something about it that you feel like you're not in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, because you're kind of separated. You're basically – it's you get there and you've got uh, – wow, I believe – I'm blanking on the stadium's name, but it's where the Eagles play right across the street. You've, you're basically surrounded by all their arenas, but you're just in a giant parking lot, and there's not really any – So here in Cincinnati, just like many other ballparks, as soon as you walk out the gates of of, uh, Great American, there are several bars, restaurants, taverns, little eateries, little just fun places to hang out. In places like Citizens Bank and several other parks, there there really isn't that. And so you feel very disconnected from the culture and the the community of the locals. And then we've talked about Nationals
1: Park, and I just feel like it doesn't have a lot of character. I like Busch Stadium in St. Louis pretty well you know it's nice you can see the arch you know um. the view
0: there is i mean the view of the city there is quite spectacular and i will say since i you know i did not grow up as a rival of the the Cardinals, so i, I have very little i mean i've got some animosity towards them to, for 2006 but for the most part you know i uh, really appreciate their fan base in a way i know they get tagged with best fans in baseball blah 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 but to me that's more of a marketing gimmick I really just believe that 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 culture though in that community no matter where you go and I've said this I think on the podcast before but uh, I mean, I stayed in a hotel something like 20 25 minutes outside of the city and the hotel that I stayed at was a statue of Stan Musial and when I asked him I was like, oh, well was Stan from the city did he come to this hotel a lot the desk clerk was like nah we just really like him and it's just kind of one of those things that that uh, well yes when you go to Wrigleyville in Chicago that part of the city is is wired with with Cubs fans and and Cubs culture but because of the two-team situation there the city's loyalties are split even if it's not half and half even if it's 70 and 30 or 80 20 or 60 40 it's still split and in St. Louis there's a solidarity where every single human person born in that city eats breeds lives sleeps just does everything Cardinals, and you can feel that when you are sitting in that park. There is this this energy there of, yeah, these folks really appreciate their baseball. And as an objective, ballpark traveler, uh, you know, stadium visitor, I, I think St. Louis really is is uh, hard to beat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I suppose I want to go again. I remember feeling a little kind of weirdly boxed in when I was sitting in that stadium. Somehow, really? I I don't know. I. I was also sitting a little in the upper, like one of the upper decks. so I don't okay. know if I was part of it, um, but you know I like City Field too. But it's a, City Field is a little big, big, big. It's like you <laughs> yeah, know.
0: I can I can see that.
1: But I do like City. I, I mean City Field destroys Shea like with oh, a, not even a question. A yeah, hammer. You know, <laughs> yeah. for me in terms of the. You know, and I know that people we've ta- as we talk about the on the podcast, Shay has so many good memories for so many
0: fans. But well, look, the bottom line is, if that's the home ballpark you go- you went to, then there's no trashing it. Like that is, I get that completely. If if that was your home ballpark, that will most likely forever be your favorite ballpark, and you're not wrong for thinking it. It's it's once again from the objective outsider's opinion, from seeing multiple ballparks and especially seeing multiple ballparks in one go. You know, I think that's really a great way to be able to compare and contrast because you are seeing all these different stadiums within a short period of time from one another. You're able to, to just feel a difference in, in each ballpark. And, uh, you yeah, know, I like City Field a lot, but I, I like it more than Yankee Stadium by quite a wide margin oh, yeah, as me well. Too. Me too, me too, me too. But, but just getting back to Cincinnati real quick, um, is there, uh, so we did mention a little bit about their Hall of Fame last night. Yeah, I know. We talked about it It was a little bit, you know, melodramatic, and it was a little bit, you know, they really did... And look, I I appreciate it. They really did paint the Reds as this... this well, Conquering heroes of a franchise.
1: This is this is not an exaggeration. There's like <laughs> we watched a little film about the history of the Reds, and it's it's impressive. The history of the Reds is an it's very impressive. One thousand, eight hundred and sixty-nine.
0: They're the first yeah. Major League Baseball team. There's something to be said about that. And
1: they have. I don't really remember if it's five or six championships over the five, nah, big red machine at three, four. Yeah, it's, it's we'll, I'll put it on the show notes. Um. So they had. A, you know, they've had a successful history certainly, and it hasn't been that long. You know, it's they they won the division a few years ago. I mean, they're they're you know. It's had a long and storied history, for sure. But that when you watch anything that we saw, or any footage of anything, or any little exhibit, was literally the music was, like, it was this triumphal music <laughs> to, to everything. And there was, there was a narration talking about one of their World Series, where they literally the narrator was going, it was one of the greatest world, sis- world Series in the history of baseball.
0: And it may well have been. It wasn't but i you say it wasn't it was well, i think this was, i believe it was the 1975 series and I, I i believe the words he used were something along the lines of it was one of the most memorable world series of all time which it was a great world series but here's the deal though for the folks that are for the mo- majority of folks who are watching that video it probably was one of the m- most memorable world series of all time cuz they're making that video for locals who are probably in their 40s or 50s who that was probably one of the first world series you know it just it i feel like I get it. It's your Hall of Fame. You are allowed to be as rah-rah, our team is better than yours, as you want. And the other thing that I do want to mention is that this is something that I've maintained for years now, ever since they took it away from them. The fact that Major League Baseball took away Cincinnati's opening day privileges really makes me sad. Because in my brain, the season doesn't start until the Cincinnati Reds open up their season at home, they still have an opening day parade. Name one other city in America that has an opening day parade? Our, our buddy Zach, who very graciously allowed us to to stay with him for a couple of nights here in Cincinnati, he uh, is a, um, a guide on a, on a duck boat tour. Which, by the way, I think Anthony and I we took a duck boat tour. Couldn't recommend it highly enough. Go ask for Zach; he's the best tour guide in the world. But he was a part of the opening day uh, parade. And we got to see some photos from it. And it's just, it's, that really, you know, warms my heart. I would love, I've never been to the opening day parade, but there just seems to be so much joy and celebration of baseball in Cincinnati that, once again, similar to St. Louis, I think that helps enhance your experience at Great American Ballpark, just because, once again, the history of baseball in Cincinnati.
1: I agree. (laughs) But I, you know, I... I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it's funny. I, I like some of the traditions of baseball. I'm not super upset that they don't have, that the opening game is not always at Cincinnati. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me one
0: way or the other. I, have to I say. just, no, and I, and I get that. Like, I, this isn't one of those things that I'm, you know, on a soapbox campaigning for it. Um, I am not a proponent. I'm not going out there and going to campaign to bring the opening day back. It's just one of those things that makes me a little bit sad because, you know, Cincinnati had the first official Major League Baseball team back in 1869, and it was a tradition. And there are some things, especially in baseball, that I like to have tradition because I like to think, hey, we're doing something right now that baseball fans did 100 years ago. You know we're doing that's one of the things i love about wrigley it's one of the things i love about fenway it's sitting in those seats and closing my eyes and just imagining trying to teleport myself back to 1920 1930 1940 1950 all these decades when my family hadn't come to this country yet i had no connection to this country yet yet sitting in that seat i get the exact same angle i'm watching the exact same game i'm smelling a lot of the same smells I'm hearing... I it smelled worse in the 20s or the, the, the 10s because they Maybe. didn't have the
1: cleanliness. Maybe,
0: but I'm more talking about the, the, the hot dogs and the beer and the etc. And you know, I'm hearing some of the same noises I'm and it's just, you know, Americans America is a relatively young country and we don't really have a lot of great history in this world to, to and I don't mean great as in subjectively good or bad I mean, uh, we just don't have a lot of history to connect ourselves to, like when you go to Europe and you've got thousand year old churches or you've got these buildings that were you know just, just hundreds of years old, there aren't very many ways to be able to connect to generations past. And I feel like ballparks is one of them and traditions like the opening, opening day in Cincinnati, for as silly as it is and as inconsequential as it, I know that it is, it's just one of those nice things that I wish we could take, you know, take part of every once in a while. Once again, not the end of the world, I'm not going to cry about it. It's just more, I really want to go to the opening day parade one year, and I think, you know what, I'm going to do it either next season or the season afterwards. I think I'm deciding it right here on the podcast. I need to be at the opening day parade just to to feel the celebration and the joy and the love that that city has for baseball.
1: not going to cry about it because he's currently tears streaming (laughs) down his face. That's a
0: bold-faced lie, ladies and gentlemen. A bold-faced lie. Uh, Um... But I think, all right, so I mean, is anything else uh, about Cincinnati that, that you want to kind of talk about? Yes. Or, okay, please. I
1: want to say that I had no idea that there's the, the National Underground and uh, Freedom, I think I've said Underground that. Right. Railro- uh, under- Underground Railroad. Underground, I'm sorry, National Underground Railroad and Freedom Museum, or is it the Underground Railroad and National Freedom? So that's the, it's the Underground Railroad and Freedom Museum in Cincinnati, and we, unfortunately, there was a big downpour, so we were a little, like, we, we had to kind of, like, huddle under awnings before we could dash over to it so we got there a little late we didn't get to see all the exhibits but it was, it's a really powerful uh, experience to be in that building and seeing, you know it's you know, there's parts of the history that I'm sure that everybody's experienced to some degree already but just to see very well curated uh, exhibits about the history because Cincinnati was was in many ways the first step in the Underground Railroad for many Fugitive slaves and the many people who lived in the area who helped them. Uh, so it has a lot of stories to tell about all kinds of issues of freedom in our country's history and around the world. So I just want to big uh, give a big plug to them as well.
0: Yeah, and I'll make sure that I include uh, all the information in the show notes as well. And I just want to echo Anthony's statements. I mean, it was, it was a very, very, very powerful. Museum, and um, they had a special exhibit that is currently going. I'm not quite sure how long it's over. it will be. It is already over. Well, they had a, a special exhibit on the Holocaust um, that now I I used to live in D.C. and so I'd been to the Holocaust Museum there, but I you know there were even things here that, despite my time you know uh, at the Holocaust Museum in D.C., I actually learned some new stuff here and and was just really really moved and and yeah regardless i just can't recommend it enough uh once again i will include the information about it uh at clubhouse uh, dot com so yeah thank you for bringing that up anthony that was that was a lot of fun for us to be able to have a little bit of time um you know, I'm enjoying that this time as you and I tour the country as opposed to last time when I toured the country pretty much by myself. I wasn't really, I didn't have the time to do some of this really cool stuff in some of these towns. My, my days were basically drive 13 hours, the next day go to a game, the next day drive 10 hours, the next day drive go to a game. It was just, it was very much that cycle for me. That sounds insane. It was insane, but it was the greatest three months of my life. Um, But this, having two people to be able to drive and to be able to just budget our time a little bit wiser, uh, there's a lot of really, really cool stuff in all of these major league cities, which make it even more important for all of you guys to do your own little stadium tours and visit these ballparks whenever you get a chance. On the road back to New York City in our respective apartments, Anthony and I take some time to reflect on our week-long road trip together. We will be back next week with our normal show, and we have some truly amazing guests lined up for you this summer. For now, join Anthony and I as we conclude our brief 2,000-mile journey to visit the Hall of Fame and four ballparks in one week. So that actually brings us to, I wanted to ask you, this was, you know, our first kind of long road trip of, uh, of this summer, so we've been let's see here. We left last Wednesday, so this is about a week now. So we about about a week now on the road together. Or exactly a week. Exactly if you a week. Be, you know, precise. Or you know, a week
1: and well, we left yeah, in the morning. Exactly and, and the
0: a little days. bit more than a week. So if you yeah. really want to be per- yeah. precise, yeah. it's so uh, about a week and twelve hours or eleven hours uh, is what we've been doing here. How has the experience been for you as far as being in a different city? but not performing since you've done that before but being in a a different city every 24 to 48 hours seeing a different ballpark every 24 to 48 hours being you know in the fan base every 24 to 48 hours is it something that that you would recommend other people do you with the leading questions <laughs> what why you, I honestly I couldn't figure out an end to that sentence I didn't know where I was going with that so that's what came out you sorry answer. I, you're asking me questions I know I know I was that was yeah
1: that you're a you're a yeah. you have experience in in the media and interviewing you I know, know better but, than
0: that. You <laughs> I do be better know better than that. that I should be better than that I apologize but once again I have to go to the bathroom again so my brain is completely in another place but well, here, then I'll just say this. Can you talk a little about a little bit about wow. your your experience?
1: You're oversharing. You're <laughs> just that's not oversharing. Oversharing. All
0: human beings bad. need to, to use the restroom oh, every once true. in a while. That's true. That's true. And we no no shame no no nothing about that. So, how have your experiences been for this last week on this baseball tour, Mr. Anthony Raps, sir?
1: It's been really cool. <laughs> I mean, I think along the way, I hope I've been conveying that. Um, yes. Uh, I, I've i always enjoyed traveling, like I've, you know, because I started out in showbiz at such a young age, I've had to travel, um, you know, for work since I was nine years old, really. It's the first time I was ever on any kind of tour, even though it was a short-lived tour. So I've always been very adaptable to sleeping in weird beds and on, in hotels and on crashing on friends' futons or whatever it is. In 1,000
0: feet. Oh my We're goodness. 70, 80s. That is a very, very loud direction. Anthony is very nicely pulling over now, so I may find a facility to use. but uh, so yeah, so you've been you've been doing this for quite a while. So this is really nothing new for you is what you're saying.
1: Well, not yeah. I mean, there's aspects of it that are nothing new. Yeah, like when I Adam Pascal and I did a a, a bus tour of several cities in the Northeast a couple of years ago, and we had a you know we were like literally doing the thing where you're sleeping in the bus and you go into a new place and you get there, do a sound check, do a concert, get on the bus, sleep,
0: drive through the night, get to a new place, and drive. You know, sure. So, but were you were were you driving the bus? I was not driving the bus. So that is a little bit of a new thing now. So that is an added kind of uh, uh, hiccup to that type of, of touring where you are now responsible. For the driving and this is really something that you and i have had to plan all this thing together so that's a little bit of a different in uh, in the touring schedule that you've done so how has that been for you fine <laughs> okay i'm just trying to see basically when i you know did my little my, 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 my tour a lot of people kept on saying, we can't imagine being on the road that much and having to be responsible for all these things that you need to be responsible for and still enjoy going to the game.
1: I don't think it's that hard. Oh, so Okay,
0: I don't either, but it is something that I have heard from other folks and I'd like someone to agree with me so i don't look like the crazy lunatic so who thinks this thing. isn't yeah, hard again it's a leading question because you had a Entirely ag- leading no yeah, no no
1: because you had an agenda to make sure that i tried to prove that you're not crazy <laughs> well friend i'm not willing to prove that you're not crazy no, no, no
0: all right i know i'm crazy but in this in this i feel like you and i are kindred spirits that doing something like this honestly it's not that big of a deal anybody anybody can do it
1: it's really not that hard yeah
0: that's my point exactly yeah
1: so uh no i mean that part has been cool and we you know we've stayed at a couple of your friends places we stayed at my friend's place we stayed at a couple hotels you know whatever we just you you cobble it together you make it work uh and it's not a big
0: deal i mean it's you know it's it's simple you keep it simple that Um, you know my old music teacher that's what that was her motto the kiss method
1: i'm seeing roller coasters in the distance and i'm very excited and i don't know what i'm looking at what
0: are what is that i'm not sure i'm universe have i just walked into well we just got on what was it 78 east
1: oh it's somewhere near allentown
0: somewhere so hey if anybody out there knows there's a giant roller coaster to the left of us here heading towards new york city and we have no idea what it is. If you know what it is, tweet at us at ClubhousePod or email us at, ClubhousePodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what park we just drove by. But um, so to go back, wait, to hold the, on. Before what? I was so rudely interrupted, I wanted to say my music teacher Kelly's agree, She used to tell us it's the Kiss Method: keep it simple, stupid. That is the how you live your life. It's the Kiss Method: just keep it simple, stupid. It's not that hard. Now you can go ahead. I'm not going to kiss you, but okay. Um,
1: so, uh, oh, there it is. I can see. I have better view. I'm very excited. All
0: right. You know, I'm the one with the ADHD here, and you're the one getting horrifyingly distracted. So, focus. I'm focused,
1: but I'm very excited. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, I, I've always enjoyed all, you know, I've, I've, had, I've been very fortunate to be able to literally travel all over the world, mostly for work, but sometimes also for just vacation. And, you know, interest in what it is I'd like to do. This is, I wouldn't consider what we're doing work, because it's like no. playful work, but it still is like we had a purpose behind these trips, obviously. But uh, I love being exposed to different cultures and places. And and all of these cities are places where I've set foot in uh, at least a little bit, um, but I've gotten to experience more of them. And I've gotten, especially in the cases of all three actually cleveland cincinnati detroit the most recent the three the the second half of the tour or the second to whatever three-fifths of the tour um they they all are cities that have come they've come along they've continued to evolve and grow as cities in my experience at the time from the times that i first was there
0: and the rebuilding in all three cities is really at a fantastic point right now and and it they all continue to grow and it is fun to see even for me in the, within the last two years how much progress there's been in those cities so no you you are absolutely correct
1: so yeah i mean it's all of that is enjoyable and uh you know it, it's 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 like it's hectic and it's a grind to do this kind of traveling but you know if you keep it simple and take care of yourself and do all the things and it's all good
0: nicely put so our next long road trip, you know, uh, you are uh, is going to be Chicago, Milwaukee, Minnesota, and Kansas City. We're going to be doing quite a few cities in the Midwest once again. Uh, the next time you hear from us, though, we will be back on our normal, regular type of episode where we're actually going to be sitting down and chatting with a third party about why they love baseball. We have a couple of. Really, really, really amazing guests lined up that I am, well, both of us are are crazily excited to uh, share with you, but I'm not going to tell you quite yet, we're going to keep that a little bit of a secret, but I am just really excited. I think you guys are all going to be very, very pleased with who we have coming up on the podcast. So I think with that, we are about an hour, hour and a half outside of Manhattan, outside of New York City, outside of our homes our beds our loved ones we've had a really fantastic week of baseball meeting some really great people seeing the absolutely beautiful just landscapes that this co- this country has to offer you know because that is one thing that i will put an addendum as, as a tour like this you can do a tour like this via train or via <laughs> via flight but really there's no better way to do it than over the highways in a car to just be able to see how spectacularly gorgeous
1: that's fine I always you know
0: want to say though carbon footprint no of course no okay you know. I understand that I get that we don't want to do unnecessary uh, waste or, or or any of that I'm you know we're in agreement with that however these are one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences and I get it I'm not expecting 300 million people to go out there and do a tour like this for the, for the select few of you who really want to get this done Seeing this country is really kind of beautiful, wouldn't you agree? I mean, there's a lot of really cool, beautiful, I mean, you yourself, as we were driving here, you were pretty shocked, because this was kind of a different way that you normally drive from Pittsburgh to New York, and I think it did kind of surprise you at the landscapes that we were seeing, and the greenery, and the hills, and the valleys, and, and the trees. We saw some very unique. I'm not sure if they were dead trees, I don't know exactly what they were, but there's a whole line, row of trees that looked really kind of cool. So well said. Um, <laughs> I'm really tired right now, folks. Awesome. No, yes, of course. The, yes,
1: Pennsylvania is beautiful, and however, I will say that I've done I've done the Pittsburgh New York drive in either direction several times over the years the, that I've, you know, I've worked in Pittsburgh a bunch of times, and usually I'm doing the more northerly corridor, which has moments of beauty, but it's a little flatter, you know, not a little blander landscape. This landscape on the southern route of across Pennsylvania is, has been wire to wire gorgeous.
0: So yes, I recommend that. Well, nicely said to you too, sir. And so here's what I'll say about the carbon footprint. I think you should drive and I think you should just pack about 50 of you in, in a van and do it all together so that we're not all doing this individually or by ourselves. Because I think we all need to do this and yes, to, to maybe save a little bit uh, of the environment, let's try and carpool and do the carpooling of the stadiums so with that
1: <laughs> the rallying cry of the carpooling to the stadiums or stadia if you want to be really accurate i guess stadia
0: sure <laughs> so with that this has been an awesome 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 road trip i hope you guys have enjoyed listening to our experiences at uh, these ballparks you know if you guys have any tips or, or if you guys have anything that you think you would want us to hear or want to hear from us uh, since we will be going to see quite a few more ballparks this summer. So while we're in the stands or while we're in the towns, if there's anything that you guys think that it would be interesting to hear us talk about, please, please, please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us at clubhousepod. We really, really love hearing from you guys and we try to respond to as many of you as possible. So uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next time here in the clubhouse the home base for the clubhouse podcast is the Bergino baseball clubhouse located on 67 east 11th street in new york city this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country from the baseball inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are always hanging out on the bleachers inside the store this place is just the best if you can't make it to Bergino's in person i get it So just go ahead and visit bergino.com. That's B-E-R-G-I-N-O.com and pick up a gift for your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your niece, your nephew, your casual acquaintance, your neighbor, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, mention the podcast and get a free bag tag with any purchase. The Clubhouse is produced by Zach McNeese. The website and the logo were designed by Ronan Jorah. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a five star review and a comment. That just makes it easier for other folks to find out about our podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at Clubhouse Pod. You can follow Anthony and I individually at Rounding Third MJ for me and at Albino Kid for Anthony. For guest ideas, baseball stories, or just to say hello, shoot us an email at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. To learn more about the specific baseball moments we discussed on the show, pictures, and more, please visit us at clubhousepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.